This morning is, a, is going to be um, a very important introduction to what I'm feeling that the Lord wants to do something in us and in this congregation itself. And on the one hand, I'm looking this morning and I'm saying, Lord Jesus, why do you so often choose to speak about these important things? And I'm really feeling that this thing is something that's going to move us individually, but also as a body forward. And yet, yet Jesus chooses to often bring this on mornings when half of the people is not here. Now that astonishes me, but the amount of times that that happens is not per to fall. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I do think this. I do think this. I do think that when we preach what the Bible says, our battle is not against flesh and blood. So often when you guys sit here, you are the flesh and blood that is actually sitting here. But in the spirit, we are preaching something to us as a people. And we are saying something in the spirit, and we are preaching something into this body, into this family, that you just get to hear first. That's, that's basically it. Because the outworking of this, the walking out of this, is a lot more important than the hearing of it. Is that good? And I want to use an illustration. Me and my dad. I'm going to use my dad as well because I don't feel so bad about it. Me and my dad struggle with chronic sinusitis. And so what happens is, is we from you know beforehand, at one point in time I'm going to get sinus. I'm going to get a sinus thing. It's just way worse. I think way worse. This is being recorded so I'm not going to use it. You snotty. Snotty. <laughs> <laughs> And the problem is, if you don't deal with it quickly and efficiently, it creeps up on you and it creeps up on you. And it stays. That's the other thing that it does. It stays for weeks. So I've been struggling in this season now for almost two months with chronic sinusitis. Now I want you guys to ask me the question, Willem, at one point, during this whole process of knowing firstly that you've got sinusitis and then secondly knowing that most of the time sinusitis will lead to either bronchitis or some kind of an infection that you're going to get really, really ill. The third thing is, is that it throws my rhythm completely off because I sleep badly and because I sleep badly I can't get up in the mornings and I don't have quiet time and I feel all buffed during the course of the day. I'm grumpy with her and need. I don't reply when you send me a WhatsApp. So it, 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 it determines a lot of the way that I walk. Just because of this little small thing, my nose, and the scientists are behind it. Now I want to ask you this. Willem? Have you done what your mom and your vrouw for you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. My mom Exactly. Exactly. 
Okay? Almost, 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 I went to the extreme immediately. Throw the aloe away in Canada. Preventatively. Now that thing, if I do it consecutively, that's why I say, Yes, if you're not going to say, I'm not going to say, you know that certain tolls that the ladies drink? If I was a lady, I would be pregnant a lot of times. <laughs> because I'm not good with medicines. <laughs> if I drink a little aloe, paliki, yankirada, most of the time I'm okay. But because I'm so lacking in self-discipline in this area, I would have been in trouble if I was a lady. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, is <laughs> not doing his job. But the point is this. Listen now. Often, often, the Lord tells us about something. We feel the symptoms. We see the symptoms. The Lord creates an opportunity for us to do something about that. And then you do like the living, we don't listen. But most importantly, what Mark said, we don't walk it out because it's difficult. And this morning, and that's why I really knew, during the worship, the Lord needed you to stir some faith in us. Because all that we're going to talk about this morning, if we don't have a bit of a mustard seed of faith, we're going to struggle to walk in what the Lord, it's going to fall easy on the ear. It's going to be easy to listen to. But walking it out will be a completely different thing. But the problem is you don't beat sinus by doing nothing. And what we're going to talk about this morning, the introduction that we're going to lay in this morning, is actually in the walking out. It's not just in the hearing of it. If you're just going to hear it this morning, and it's not going to have an effect on you in the week and in the week after that, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we said that as well. It's not going to benefit you at all. And that's what it's important for us this morning. So I'm, I'm going to use a few illustrations and we're going to, we're going to just lay a foundation. We're going to go into what I really believe. And the topic of this, of this next season, I don't know, maybe it's just two weeks. I've got no clue. The Lord hasn't said it. Is this topic that says, Perfect love casts out all fear. The scripture that says this, perfect love casts out all fear. We're going to look a little bit more in detail in the the time to come to fear and the role that fear plays in each one of us and how it often brings us to the place that we cannot walk in what God has for us. And then you will have prophecies and all kinds of things that you have been said over you. There might have been something that the Lord has said to you personally, either through other people or through scripture, or you just know that God has got something for me. But you're unable to walk it out because of fear. And we're going to walk a journey where we're going to look at fear, and we're also going to ask the Lord, Lord Jesus, how do I treat it? Can I just take an alleyway every now and then, or is it actually, do I sometimes need salt water? And that's difficult. But I'm telling you, there's a, 
Leone brought the prophetic word last weekend where she just said this last Sunday for you who can remember. Often the Lord works little windows. And it's not that He can't do it in any other time. Please hear me right. But often the Lord does some things now. And He can do it tomorrow. He can do it after. But there's something that's easier to do it now than it is to do it later. Like sinus. If I treated the sinus on day one, it would have been an easier fix than trying to treat it when it was on day 10. And that's often how it works in us. That the Lord creates an opportunity. But it's going to be up to you to grab hold of that opportunity in the Lord. And in the Holy Spirit and in His power and His ability. To say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to make use of this opportunity to do what you want to do in my life. And it's going to be that. I feel when it comes to fear, it's going to be that opportunity that the Lord creates within us and in us to tackle that and to look at that. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, so we're going to look at the scripture this morning, and then I'm just going to end it off with a, with a practical illustration. It shouldn't be a long preach. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, in the views of the Never mind, skip the eye Yeah, no, no, skip that scripture. I've got the wrong scripture. My nose is, is incorrect. Every person or most people that is sitting here is saved. I'm going to trust that most of us are saved. And for those that are not saved, if there's anyone sitting here this morning and you have not given your life to Christ, this is also for you. So I'm speaking to every person here. But there will be some that has already understand where we are going when we talk about this. And for those of you that don't understand, that has never heard this before, also listen, because this is also for you and you that are young in the Lord. Christian. Basi. Anar. Well, I don't know. How you feel that Christian? You see, you must say it, man. I have your body clear, so clear, but I don't know. I feel that you see, you must say it, man. You see, you must say it, that's right. So they're helping out. Who's ever heard about the word calling? Calling. What is calling? I want to hear from you guys. What is calling? Good question. What's your calling? It's a call God made to us. Yeah. For us. For you as an individual to do something. So it's a call to do something. Yes. Yeah. So every Christian has a calling. To seek and save the lost and bring glory to God and glorify God. There's different ways to work it out. Brilliant. Brilliant. But if you have to sum it up in a sentence, the definition of calling, and that I haven't heard anything wrong yet. I just want is there is there more people? Because I just want to get across what is your what is your rupum? Bible prats and rupum in Africa. Now let's quickly look at Paul talking to Timothy. Now Timothy is Christian. He's a, he's a young man in Christ. 
is a bad example. Mark is like Timothy. <laughs> Now, to, give you some, to give you some background, Timothy was almost like an apprentice of Paul. He was a young guy that was raised in Christ and there was a lot of calling on his life. There was a lot of calling on his life and we're going to go and look into the word calling just now. We're going to look in depth at what does it, does it mean. But to, just to give you a perspective that Paul is writing this letter specifically to Timothy. And Timothy is almost like an appy. The other means of it, but it's an appy. Now what they had in the appy, huh? A fuck the appy. An appy in the old days is, is very much also what you guys do in Grow Strong. Mark knows how to build the chain. But Petrus, jy weet jy om een te bouwen. Nee, Petrus doesn't know. Now Mark is the expert. He knows exactly how to do that. Petrus in that instance, thereby grows strong, will now be his appy. His seifak leerling. The one that he's training. And what we'll do is, is he will stay close to Mark for the duration of that time while Mark is busy building this chair. And as Mark is building, he's not just doing his own thing. What Mark is doing throughout the process of this building this chair He's teaching Petrus what to do, what he does. So he's giving him instruction, he's giving him 40 years of experience. And he says, you know what? When you get to a place like this, you see me fuchi. Now he is a grown guy, and we are going to your plan come and slay you from the country. And suddenly his experience, his knowledge, his wisdom, not just how to, also gets entrusted into your apprentice, this person that you are teaching. And the goal of that is, is that after that process, Beatrice will be able to build a chair, not just as good as Mark, but almost better. And that is what Timothy was to Paul. Timothy was that. So in the ministry, in the spiritual world, Paul was a, an apostle and he built churches. He went from place to place and he planted and built up churches, healthy churches. That was healthy and that people got saved in. And Jesus got glorified. And people got built up and walked into what? Their calling. That is what Paul did. And Timothy was his young apprentice. He was this young fucklearling. And he taught him these things. And there was a period where Paul wrote a letter back to Timothy. Let's read this. And this is a lengthy piece of scripture. But I want us to get the, the feel of this thing. Because I feel that all of us, for a moment to this morning, is going to be like Timothy. All of us. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Just for a moment, put yourselves in the shoes of Timothy. I am Timothy this morning. And let's hear what Paul, this wise expert builder, what Paul is telling us. Let's read this. One Timothy, uh, two Timothy. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and 
I am persuaded now also lives here. Don't, don't go on there. First thing now. We see, we see here a lot of things. But for, the, for, the, for, the, for, for this morning, it's just important to see that he has got a... For the, for the purpose of this morning, there's something that, that, that Paul has recognized in Timothy. So the wise old expert builder has seen something in that other person, in Timothy, in young Timothy. The first thing that he saw is, is you've got a sincere faith. And a sincere faith is actually in all of us. Sincere faith is just that. We've got faith in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I've given my life to Jesus. Jesus is the, that's what the sincere part is. Jesus is the ruler of my life. If there is something in my life that Jesus highlights, I submit it to Him. I allow Him to change me. I allow Him to form me. And I allow Him to use me. And so that a sincere faith is a person living with Jesus and walking with Jesus. It is that person that has given their lives to Jesus. It's not just a Sunday Christian. It is not a religious person. It is a person that is in a relationship with Jesus. And that's one of the most important things. Because what Stephen said, you remember the example that he used during worship. With Daniel's daughter. That's one of the first things. When Paul gives you advice or instruction... And there is no trust in what he is instructing you towards. If Petrus doesn't believe that Mark is a good builder of a chair, will Petrus listen to Mark? No. He will not trust what is given, what he gets from Mark. He will not get the instruction that was given to him. There needs to be a sincere faith. Without sincere faith, this whole conversation that is going to follow this morning will be over your top. Because it needs sincere faith in Jesus' ability and the working of the Holy Spirit in me to be able to walk out what we're going to talk about. We cannot come to fear first and say, now I'm going to face fear. If we don't go to sincere faith first. And that's why Paul starts off when he speaks to Timothy. He reminds Timothy and he says, hey, the first step is, is to trust Jesus. That's the first step. You remember your grandmother? You remember your, 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 your mom? You remember what she taught you that you can trust Jesus? You remember what she that way, that the example that she was of you? That's the first step. And so if there's anybody here this morning that is struggling in their faith, either you've never trusted Jesus You've never given your faith to Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity even this morning. But even someone this morning that your faith in Jesus is struggling. There's something of you that, that is struggling with a sincere faith. You fully trust what He has for you and what He wants to do in and through you. We're going to pray for you this morning and there's going to be an opportunity. So hold on to that. But that's the first step. We can go on. Let's, let's continue. For this reason I remind you to fan, into flame, or to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And now verse 7 is the one that we're looking at this morning. 
for God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Uh, you need ESV. Oh, sorry, I thought you would have the ESV. My fault. My fault. The ESV, which is a bit of a better translation in this specific one, he says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what the scripture says there. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, is exactly what, 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 what Bridget said. That's our calling. It's our main calling. Do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join me in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Now, now again, this is such an important part, this one. What does he say here? Join me with the what? Suffering. <laughs> Sometimes to treat the sinusitis is not a comfortable thing. It's not always a comfortable thing. Sometimes there's things that's either going to happen early in your life, as Timothy. Maybe there were some things. There's a reason why he took it back to his grandmother. Maybe there were some things in Timothy's growing up, in Timothy's earlier years, some experiences that he had with snorting the, the soap water, and it was uncomfortable. And now when it gets later, there's something in his faith that is struggling to fully trust God for what God has called him to. For what God has laid that calling in. And he went a step further. I don't know. Who of you have ever, you don't have to raise your hands, but sometimes there's even a, a calling where people will prophesy into your life or they will be a very direct and say, listen, I just feel the Lord is saying that God is going to plant churches through you and you're going, to, you're going to do this and He's going to heal people through you. And, and then you will get the, even further where there's maybe a laying on of hands and that is speaking specifically into Elvishan. Where Paul laid his hands as an apostle on Timothy and he was an elder. And so in eldership, there sometimes comes times where my faith needs to be fanned. I'm an elder in Josh Jen, and there's often times where my faith needs to be fanned like a flame. Where my faith is not as much flaming for the Lord. And often what happens is there are these incidents, these sufferings in the gospel. These sufferings, these incidents that happens in this gospel, in this family, and in life. It's not just in church, but in life, at the place of work, when, when, when there's, with our kids, in growing up, and all of these things, there's things that happen that sometimes leave an effect on our ability to trust and to have faith in the Lord. And he speaks specifically, he says to Timothy this, uh, and, 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 and uh, this specific verse says, Timothy, Timothy, Timothy. But I love the news he says, fear. And that's what I feel the Lord wants to just start off a conversation this morning and says, God did not give us a spirit of fear. Because each one of us has got this calling that God has. No, we can, we can leave that scripture for now. I want to go on to this concept of calling. Because I think there's often this misconcept when it comes to calling with us. I think very often when we talk about calling, 
we think about calling within the church. And that's true. There is a calling within the church. There is things that the Lord has. He says we are all living stones. You remember that scripture there? We are all living stones that has been built into this household of God. So definitely there's a calling within the church for each person. God can call you to, um, to minister through worship. God can call you to minister into people's lives as a community leader, as a deacon, as an elder in the church. God can call you to plant a church and to lead a church. God can call you also, looking a bit further than just church itself, but in the kingdom, God can call you to ministry. Mark and Bridget is called to ministry, to work what they believe God has laid on their hearts and to work and devote their lives towards what they feel God has laid on their hearts. And that's all part of calling. So, become, become whiskey from the board. Come, come, come. So, schrijf daar zo deacon en elder en kongleder. Deacon, kongleder. Elder. Missionaries. Wat is dit? Sendelinge. Sendelinge. Schrijf ook missionaries. Schrijf ook ministerie. What else? What is enough? Would you say this is all different callings? Apostles. The Lord can call us to become apostles. Hey, now you come to know Ephesians 4. You come to know. Exactly where we're going now. I've got some ego <laughs> Do you know how often we would be here the word calling? Can you know how to move this Vera Opsetti? The Twitter. But you need to ask me to. I said, oh, yes. Yeah, no, there's no need to use it. fine, it's fine, it's fine. Let's just say there was a calling on Timothy's life. En ek wil gauw vir julle net gauw vinnig laat. Ek wil net gauw gauw die punt maak. We look at this list. And if I don't fall into any one of these categories, I struggle to find, and then you get to that place, where for the rest of your life, you search for this calling that God has for me. If I do not fall in any one of these categories. If I'm not a community, if I'm not a deacon, if I'm not a ministry, if I'm not a sender, if I'm not a apostle, or anything, one of those things. 
then I have this void in my heart and feeling I don't have a calling. And then the search is on. And then books get written. Find your calling in God. Get into your the ten steps to see what your calling is in God. Or one of those big sellers is your with a, with a big highlighted your calling. And everything then becomes about your calling. Pierre's calling. It's not about the calling in it's Pierre's calling. It's, and that's what the world is doing. I can fill this church a lot quicker if we start about calling your calling. It is. Because in the last days, we've got each years and we want to know about what is it in it for me? What is in it for me? Significance. Significance. To be significant in this world. And I just want to expand our thoughts this morning. Expand our revelation this morning when it comes to our calling. And we're going to read some scriptures quickly. 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's listen. May God himself. Now Paul is speaking to the church of Thessalonica. He's speaking to the whole church. So he's speaking. Are we included in that? He says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless for the coming of the Lord Jesus. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Are we called? Is there a calling to the whole church of Thessalonica? Is there a calling to each person sitting here if we are, we are also represented by that? Yes. Next scripture. Ephesians 1. I have not stopped giving thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that God of Lord Jesus, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you might know the hope to which He has called you. That's that thing again, calling. The riches of His glory, inheritance in the what? In the elders? No, no, man. Surely one of these things needs to say there. It needs to be one of these things that is an inheritance. It says there, to which you have, I think this translation is bad. Maybe we should look at the ESV or something because it says there to which he has called you the riches of his glory in the saints. And a saint is not one of these things. A saint is, when we talk about a saint, we're not talking about any person that has any uh, 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 title. Let's call it a title. Uh, I think. People might have a different or better, but for, for this morning, let's call it a title. You're not a com leader, you're not a deacon, you're not an elder, and then if you're not one of those, then, you're, then we, call, we are called saints, believers, followers, disciples of Christ. And so, I don't see any one of those that has been called under one of these things. Next, next verse. One test, let's, let's go again. Uh, 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 yes. Yeah. Paul and Apostle. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Just translation is Sorry, that's my father. Paul and Apostle of Jesus for the will of God to the saints of Ephesus. Again, he's, he's speaking to the saints here. He's not speaking to the elders. The deep. Thank you for my gift for Papa. He's not speaking to anybody. He's speaking to the saints here. 
the faithful of Jesus Christ. So again, that thing where he says, your, 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 your sincere faith. He, says, he does say faithful in Jesus Christ. It's important. It's important. Don't skip a step. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God, the Father of Jesus, who has blessed us in heavenly homes and with every special blessing. This is not here, man. I'm going to read mine. I'm going to go and Bearing one another in them, even to maintain the unity in them. So, the calling, and he's speaking to the saints here. Walk in a manner that is worthy to your calling. Each one of us, all of us, is included in this. One Thessalonians, two. Oh, uh, listen to this one. For you know what instruction we gave you through the Lord Jesus Christ. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in passion or in lust like the Gentiles do not, do, do not know God, but, but no one transgression or, or wrong his brother in that manner, because the Lord is an avenger of all these things. We have told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity but for holiness. It's a completely different, you know, all of these things have, have different tasks to do. And we so often confuse what the task and what God has given us in terms of works, and we confuse that with our calling. We confuse that with our calling, because all of this, he says, live a life worthy. Allow God to work in your character. Don't live a life of unholiness. Because your calling is not necessarily what God wants you to do. Yes. It is not always connected to a specific title or a specific role in church. Well, could be right. To Peter, this is the last one that I'm going to do. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and your election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fight. There's a calling for each one of us. And I want to now continue that. So, what's the other calling? What's the other calling? We had some of them now. If you are a dad, you know, let's just start from the beginning. If you are a child, Christian, <laughs> and you know Jesus, you've got a sincere faith. Listen to this again. It's important. That is the first step to have a faith in Jesus, to have a trust, a belief in Jesus, to be a child of God. That's the first step. So, Christian, your calling is to be a son to your parents. So, you can cite right there. You can have a calling to be a child to your parents. That can be a calling. If you are a father, you are called to be a father. And there is so many scriptures. I wish I could have brought all the scriptures to us this morning. Where the Bible speaks about husbands 
I've got this calling to you. Submit to your wives. Love your wives. Adore your wives. There is this list in the Bible that I can bring these scriptures to us that speaks specifically to the calling to us as men. Dimitri, who listened to the preach, Dimitri preached about this, about the calling on us as men. It doesn't fall on any one of these things, but it does fall under the Father. And there's a calling to each one of us. Wives, if you are, are married to a husband, there's a calling on your life by God to live a certain way, to live in Him, in your calling as a wife to your husband. There's a calling in that. Proverbs, speaking in Derta, is an entire speaker group that consists, that paves the way, that sets out how a godly woman lives out her calling as a woman in her house. How she upholds her household. It sets it up perfectly. As it does with being a father, as it does with children, where she says, don't be rebellious. You start to see, the Bible says that. He sets it out. What else is there? Your workplace, who's got a job? Do you know that you are having called by God to work where you are working? To be in the place where you are, to sit in that chair where you do every time. And do you know that the Bible specifies how you should do that? The Bible is very specific to laborers, to people that have a work, to people that is in the marketplace. Be a joy to the guy that employs you. Do everything if you are doing it to the Lord. Don't, don't think I'm working for that. Do it unto the Lord. Yes. So there is a calling in your job. There is a calling on your life by God to do your job in the manner that God has called you to do that. It's your calling. To do that to the best of your ability. What else? Singleness. Singleness. If God has called stop immediately my thoughts goes to actually people that have made a decision. Not, not a full stop, a comma, but has made a decision to follow Jesus single. Malani de Twain. Nadine Bar the Norse. Now the Lord can still change, but there's a, there's a comma, but for now they are content in being single and serving the Lord with everything that they have. And there's a calling in that God has called them to serve Him with their lives, whatever that might be. Nadine wasn't always in 412, there was a time when she was in 4 South Africa as an advocate. Yeah? So it could be a different role, it doesn't have to be again one of these things. <laughs> She had a job. She worked for, 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 uh, for, for South Africa as an advocate. What else? Citizen of a town. You are called. Oh, that's a big one. We are called to be a citizen in Khrabo, in South Africa. Now, the Bible states very clearly in a number of occasions what does it look like to be walking in God's calling for my life as a regular citizen in my community and in South Africa. The first thing he says is just pay your taxes. Yeah. True. That's part of my calling. 
It's part of my calling that God has for me to pay the tax to the tax, to pay to Caesar what is due to Caesar. It is part of my calling as a citizen to live in peace with my neighbor. If my dogs are barking the whole night for the sake of my neighbor, I go, hey, shush. For the sake of my neighbor. If, if, if I'm cutting my grass, I'll go cut his grass for the sake of peace, for the sake of love. That's, we are called to be citizens in our neighborhoods. What else? Grandparents. Big one. For those ones that are called grandparents, I want to say this. May I use you as an example of. I don't want to say grandparents, but I want to say wisdom. There is a calling. Listen to this. There is a calling of Andrew and Tani Kuba. I'm including you in this. Tani Tani Ruth and Anthony. There is a calling on your life as elder, older people in our lives to bring wisdom into our lives, to bring security into our lives. Um Andrew and Tani Kuba's older than can. It's the one constant thing in my life. Genuine. <laughs> it's a constant for me. I need that calling on their lives in my life because it brings a stability in my life. I can go to my dad at any time of the day, at any time of the week, and he has the ability when he wants to. <laughs> to bring a calmness over me that very few people has the same ability that he does. Just in the person that he is. In his calling as an older person in my life. So grandparents, but I want to expand that to What else? The calling to be a joy to an elder. That type of thing. To, to behave... That's just the yeah, the quality of it. We need to move on. I'm not making too many too many things here. Yeah. What did you want to say? Uh, friends. Friends. We've and there's there's definitely some scriptures that refers to friendships. But but loving we're gonna look at okay. So there uh, we have established through this that all of us in some way or form, every person that is sitting here has a calling from God. Can you feel that calling as you're sitting here? Yes. Is it making your seat a little bit warmer as you are sitting here? Because that is what I was praying to this week. I said, Lord, help us that we realize that each one of us, whether it be in church, whether it be at our job, whether it be at our homes, as Dimitri said, each one of us has a calling of God. And it's not always a job that He wants us to do. It is a way of serving Him. It is a way of living, honoring Him through my life. That's my calling. That's my primary calling. And now the problem is this. Now the problem is this. Every now and then, I get sinus. Every now and then I get a sinus attack. And often I don't treat my sinus attack early on. I let it slide. I 
let it go for a while. And there are certain things in our lives, actually quite a lot of things, that will keep us. I need two volunteers. Two volunteers. Now, Carla, you're going to get straight forward while you can see to save time. We're not going to write it out. We're going to make just the, the headlines. Yeah, say hello, you're upstairs. But I'm going to be quick. He's not the one who's calling her. He hasn't, he hasn't crossed this calling thing at all. <laughs> now, we all have a calling. And here in Zanika, here's our calling. Here's our calling. It's lying and waiting. It's here. And then we start speaking something, right? And often what happens is, is I get a sinus attack. And what happens is, is, is often that becomes a bit of a barrier to where God wants me to go in living out this calling that He has called me to. And oftentimes this barrier becomes so difficult and so long-lasting because I didn't treat it initially. Because I didn't treat it when it started. I left it. And then at some point it becomes this Barrier. But I've used paper for it for a reason. Well, now who's going to write? What are the barriers? Fear is the first one because I know that our Lord is highlighting fear. If you are scared to be a dad, <coughs> say for instance you had a bad dad, your father, when you grew up, maybe he was an alcoholic, maybe he was abusive in the house. And now you grow up and you fear being a dad yourself. Because I never want to be my dad. I never want to be my dad. And so somewhere, something in you, that fear will at some point play such a role that it will keep you from attaining what the Lord has for you. What else is there? Laziness. 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 Yes, you look at Anxiety. Anxiety. You can say fear slash anxiety. Blind spots. Blind spots. Blind spots. Most definitely a blind spot. Something in your life that you don't see. Often a character thing. So let's go for instance. To become an elder. It's for God to raise you as an elder. The most important thing is character. There's scriptures in the Bible in Timothy and Titus that defines the, the character of an elder. So for instance, an elder should be hospitable. Now if I have a blind spot, I never want to have any people in my life, but I don't see it myself. I don't see it. I, I just I don't realize it. I've never seen it myself. Then 
It could be something that is a barrier between me and what the Lord has for me, because that character is not disqualifies me. That lack in my character disqualifies me for what the Lord has for me. I can't. I can't step into eldership. The Bible says I, I must. I have my hand on my household as an elder. So if my kids are unruly, if my kids are undisciplined, how can I discipline the kid, the church? If I can't discipline my own kids, but if I don't see it, if I don't know where of it, and all of these things, you know, fear can be a blind spot. I can have fear, but I can't see it myself. And that's where we sit. Fellowship, two feathers in a ship. That's why we need fellowship. We can't always just have fellowship with God because often God can't show me a blind spot because I can't see it myself because I will always look at what God is telling me through my own lenses. Often I need the lens of my fellow in the other ship or the ship with me to show me something in my life. What sin, else? Sin. Unrepented sin. Unrepented sin. That's good. Uh, scared of talking with someone, family, shouting each other, eating each other. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. That is definitely insecurity, disobedience, distractions. IDD. It's three words in our Yeah, IDD. I, D, D. Distractions. I want to ask the men. I want to ask the men. I want to ask the men. And this is serious stuff, this one. I mean, we must mark it like a practice for them, but this is serious stuff. How much time in your week, in hours, are you, and this is more a main problem, but the ladies as well, how many hours in a week are you distracted by something that does not contribute to your calling? How many hours in the week are you distracted by anything that is keeping you from walking in the calling that God has for you as a father, as a husband, as an elder, as a deacon, as a com leader, whatever, the, whatever your calling might be in your workplace? How many hours? What else is there? Alright. There's many things. The Bible has lists for these things. And all things that the enemy uses. I want to just, you could make this, this big one here. Lies. 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 I've heard it many times this past few weeks from people sitting here. I don't feel good enough. I feel insufficient. Ek voel nie goed genoeg nie. I will not amount to this. This thing is too big for me. Goliath is te groot. I, I'm never going to face this. You can all ask my predictions. Predictions. So the enemy has a way of telling us who we are. Showing you who you are through lies that keeps us from actually walking in the calling that God has for us. Now, my last point, and then we're going to be finishing here. 
You can be a Springbok rugby player. And you can sit in. You've, you've got the training. You had some training. You fit. You had the best training there is. You had the apprentice like Timothy. Score coach hard, the kicking coach, the defensive coach, and you the springbok player, and you're sitting in the change room before the game, waiting to walk out into the field of your calling. You can sit there, and you can have everything at your disposal, talent. And for us, as children of God, it doesn't line our talent. All we need, the Bible says, all we need is the power of the Holy Spirit. So for, for the purpose of this morning, we already have everything through the power of the Holy Spirit at our disposal. We are the best player for my specific calling because God has called me and He's put the Holy Spirit in me. And have you ever seen one of those rugby games where they've got these banners? In front of the rugby players. Have you seen there was this there was this period in rugby where they had this little fine banner. And when the guys came running out, they had to break through this barrier. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was this phase where they did this in all the rugby games, and then the first rugby player would come and he runs out onto the field. And I want to say to you this. I want to say to you this. I feel that the Lord is creating an opportunity. I want to do it specifically for the guys that's not doing the process. I want to say to you, I want to say to you, hey, 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 we're at the most important part of the service. Let's not get carried away now. I'm telling you, there are some of us sitting here in this very hall. God has got a calling on your life that is sitting just on the opposite side of one of these things. It's waiting. And it's, and it's not necessarily a once-off event, my calling on that side. It's, it's a life. It's a life of living. And often we get to the place of saying, Oh, but Lord, I want, to, I want to be this, I want to be that. I don't feel like I'm a good father. I want to say to the fathers, I want to tell each one of the fathers that's sitting here, there is an amazing calling of the Father in each one of us. It's there. You have to just break through this. I want to say to the moms, if you are feeling inadequate as a mom, if you are feeling that the list of, 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 of Proverbs 31, the list of a good wife, of a good uh, household, <coughs> if you feel I will never get there, Lord, I'm telling you, don't believe the lies of the enemy. Don't succumb to fear. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but He has given us a spirit, the Holy Spirit. And he's the one that will help us to break through. Now, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to, I'll do this in spring. I don't know if I And what happens is the Lord creates opportunities.
opportunities like this. The Lord creates opportunities where He says, listen, snort the Sotvata, get out, get rid of that sinus, don't let it fester, don't let it sit. And then it's going to be up to you if you're going to do the run. <laughs> So, I feel that the Lord has highlighted the first thing that we're going to do and tackle as a family. It's going to be around fear. Uh, the Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. We're going to look at that next week. And I believe, I believe that if we give ourselves to this process of the Lord, and this is not a one-off. This is not going to be, if you miss next Sunday, you're probably going to miss out on what the Lord has got. That thing, that process that I just did now, is a lifelong process. Because there will always be something. There will always be something that is trying to keep you from what God has for you. Our response is that we say, Lord, I am going to give myself to walk in what you have. So I want to start it off this morning, and that's why we need faithfulness to actually to get up out of the changing room and to say, Lord Jesus, I have no got no clue how I'm going to break through these things. I have got no clue how I'm going to break through this, but I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize. I know that you've got a calling for me. I know that you've got something for me. I know that there is certain things that you have called me to, whether it be a father, a mother, an opa. Whether it be a deacon, an elder, pastor, whatever, you've got something for me. And I want to get to that. And for that we need faith. So I want to ask two questions. Everybody just close their eyes this morning. I want to ask two things. The first thing is, we've said this a few times this morning. We cannot do this out of our own power. The first thing that Paul said to Timothy is you need a sincere faith. Now I want to give an opportunity this morning. If there is anybody this morning that has never put their faith in Jesus, jy het nooit jou geloof in Jesus gesit nie. Jy het nog nooit gesê, Jesus, ek gee my lewe Nou in die hande. Ek sit my leven nou in die hande. If there's any such person, just quickly raise your hands. I'm just going to pray with you. I'm just going to give an opportunity because if we do not walk with Jesus and in Jesus, it's impossible to do what we said this morning. Is there any such person for the first time? Alright. My second question is this. If there's anybody here this morning, and I am the first one to stand, because this last three weeks I've been struggling in my faith. So I'm the first person to raise my hands this morning. But if there's any other person here this morning that says, Lord Jesus, I want a fresh, a new, put my faith in you, put my trust in you. I want to put my focus not on my own weakness, not in my own inabilities, 
not in the fact how far away I am from where you are going with me, but actually I want to put my eyes on you. I want you to just stand with me this morning. Now I want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So for those that are standing, I feel I want to make a disclaimer. I heard myself this week say to the Lord, Lord, why didn't you prepare me? Why didn't you tell me ahead of time that there is going to be this difficulty from time to time? And the Lord actually showed me this week that He is truthful. He is not a person that He should lie. And so we read in that scripture just now, it all says that often in this walk, Often in this way, in our calling, in walking out of our calling, it's not always an easy road. It's not always, often it's a difficult one. Often it comes with challenges, it comes with suffering, as Paul says. And I want to say to you this morning, that if you do come to a place where you're actually standing here this morning and say, Lord, I am standing in faith, but I'm still scared. That I want to say that's normal. I want to say that is actually of God this morning. Because the more scared you're going to be, you're going to be more dependent on Him. So the first prayer I want to pray is for those of you that is standing and say, Lord, I want to put my faith in You, but I'm scared. I want to pray for us first. Lord Jesus, we come to You. And each person, Lord Jesus, that is responding in faith to You this morning, but they are scared of these things that we've written on, these, on this piece of paper. They see the calling. They want to walk in it. They trust in you. They have faith in you. But we are scared. There is fear this morning, Lord. We want to pray first to Lord Jesus. And we want to say, Lord, we are going to walk this thing out with you. In fear and trembling. We are going to walk, Lord Jesus, but I want to come and ask, Lord, in this time, as we are walking this out, come and exchange the fear, the spirit of fear, with fear of the Lord, of fearing God. Father, that we will look to Jesus and see the beauty and the majesty and the power of Jesus first, before anything else. That we will look at God's ability to do things first, before anything else. And we pray that in Jesus' name. I pray for each person that is standing here, Lord. I pray, Lord, that as we journey this thing out, that you will make us brave, Lord. That you will give us guts for this thing. That you will give us, Lord Jesus, the revelation. Show us the blind spots. Reveal to us, Lord Jesus, where is the areas that is keeping me from walking in my calling that I have in you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to ask you guys, just for a minute, as you, as you are there where you are now, I want you to just pray a prayer, of, a, a prayer of faith for us as a congregation. In your own words. Just pray a prayer of faith in your own words for us as a congregation. I do feel that our, 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 our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against powers and principalities. There's a big resistance to this work that the Lord wants to do even through us. 
there's a big resistance from the enemy for people to walk in what God has for them in their calling, what God has called them for. And I want to ask you guys, for those that are not here this morning, and for yourselves, let's pray. Just for a minute or two. In your own words, just as you are there. Just pray. We just come. Lord Jesus, we come to you right now. And we pray for our brothers and sisters that's not here this morning. We pray, Lord Jesus, for these processes that is walking their way in each person's life, Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, against any attack, any spiritual attack that wants to prohibit, that wants to keep, that wants to come into the way of what you want to do in people's lives in this season, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will give us the ability to face the music every time when you open up that window, Lord. So if next week, Lord Jesus, there are some people here that you want to deal with fear, if there's people that you want to deal with anxiety, if you want to deal with any person, Lord, I pray that you'll pave the way for that, Lord, and that you will make us brave in that, Lord Jesus. We pray for our fellow brothers and sisters, Lord. We pray for healing. We're thinking of Daniel's son, Lord Jesus, that's in hospital. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will touch him right now, Lord Jesus' name. Touch his body, Lord. We're thinking of every person, Lord Jesus, that's currently in bed in this congregation. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will touch them. We pray also for those, Lord Jesus, that is far from you at this point in their hearts. We pray, Lord Jesus, that your love will stretch out a hand and say, come to me in this time. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, any person, Lord Jesus, that has found themselves in this family, that you want them to walk in their order, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will give that ability in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name,